This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 119. The battle today is around Jesus. I've been involved in hosting or helping a small group on Alpha for over 30 years. During this time, I've noticed a shift in our culture. There's a change in the attitude towards Jesus, especially among young people. Many will say that they believe in God and are even open to the idea of the Holy Spirit. But increasingly, Jesus has become the stumbling block. Some youth and young people say things like, I don't get the reason for Jesus. As Cardinal Raniero Cantalamessa has often said, the battle today is around Jesus. Is Jesus the universal saviour? This is the same battle as the first century. People today are happy to accept Jesus as one of many. It is the uniqueness of Jesus that causes offence. In the passages for today, we see that while we meet some exceptional people throughout the Bible, like Moses, Joshua, Elijah, and John the Baptist, there was no one like Jesus. Jesus is unique. He is the universal Saviour. From Psalm 53 God looks down from heaven on all mankind. He sees if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Everyone has turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. There is no one like Jesus. Napoleon Bonaparte said, I know men, and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Jesus is different from every other human being who's ever lived. David said, There is no one who does good. As God looks down from heaven on the human race, he sees that there is no one who does good, not even one. David looks in hope for a saviour. Is there anyone around to save Israel? His longing was, of course, fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus was unique in his complete goodness. The Apostle Paul quotes from this psalm to show the need of every human being for a saviour. As Paul examines different people in the world, Jew and Gentile, moral and immoral, he comes to the conclusion that there is no one whom God can classify as good and righteous. He writes, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight. The wonder of the gospel is that we, who are not righteous, can be declared righteous through Jesus' perfect righteousness. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Lord, thank you that now it's possible for me to have the righteousness from God that comes through faith in Jesus to all who believe. New Testament from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one's ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is God himself and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I'm not the Messiah. Now the Pharisees who'd been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one who you do not know. He's the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Jesus is the one and only. Jesus is the one and only. He remains, to say the least of it, unique. If God is like Jesus, God is worth believing in, wrote journalist Anthony Burgess. The whole of John's Gospel, from start to finish, is an answer to the question, who is Jesus? John's answer is that God is like Jesus and he is worth believing in. Jesus is totally unique. He is the one and only. He's the one-of-a-kind God expression. The purpose of John's Gospel is to lead you into an experience of communion with God through friendship with Jesus. You are a friend of Jesus, but who is Jesus? First, unique Word of God. John's Gospel opens with the brilliant description of Jesus as the Word. Thus, this seems like a strange concept, but to John's original readers, it would have been much more familiar. The idea of the Word of God would have been important to Jewish readers. They would have remembered the words of God in creation and all that the prophets had to say about the Word of the Lord. For Greek readers, the idea of the Word would have been associated with the search for the meaning of life. Philosophers often use the Word as a shorthand way of referring to the unknowable meaning and purpose behind the universe. John's opening words would have been electrifying to both groups. He was in effect saying, I'm going to tell you about what you've been searching for all this time. It is absolutely clear that the word that John is writing about is Jesus. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus was not only with God at the very beginning, The Word was God. Jesus was and is God. Second, unique creator of all. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without him. It is through Jesus that the entire universe came into being. It is by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, or rulers, or authorities, 
all things were created by him and for him. Third, unique light of the world. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Light is a synonym of goodness and truth. Darkness is a synonym of evil and falsehood. Light and darkness are opposite, but not equal. A little candle can light a whole room full of darkness and will not be dimmed by it. Light is stronger than darkness. Darkness cannot prevail against light. Fourth, unique transformer of lives. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Belief in Jesus brings about the biggest and most significant transformation possible. As you receive Jesus into your life, so God receives you into his own family. Fifth, unique revelation of God. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Everything in the Old Testament was leading up to God's supreme revelation in Jesus. We got the basics from Moses. And then this exuberant giving and receiving, this endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus the Messiah. This is why everything we read about in the Old Testament needs to be understood in light of Jesus. Jesus is contrasted with John the Baptist. The emphasis is on what John the Baptist is not. He's not the light. He's not eternal. He's not the Christ. He's not Elijah. He's not the prophet. Although Jesus says of John, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, John the Baptist says of Jesus, he is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. John the Baptist's task, like us all, is to point away from ourselves and to the one and only Jesus, the unique word of God, creator of all, light of the world, transformer of lives, and revealer of God. Jesus, I worship you, the unique word of God. I pray today for fresh revelation of who you are and a deeper understanding of what it means to be a child of God. Old Testament from Joshua 15 and 16 In accordance with the Lord's command to him, Joshua gave to Caleb, son of Jephani, a portion in Judah. Jesus is the unique Saviour. Joshua and Caleb were the only two of the original group to enter the Promised Land because they were the only ones who obeyed God and followed him wholeheartedly. Joshua's name means Yah saves or the Lord saves. Joshua is the Hebrew form of Jesus. Joshua foreshadows Jesus. Joshua and Caleb were exceptional, but unlike Jesus, they were not unique. Hebron, a portion of land in Judah, was given to Caleb by Joshua, but he still had to go in and take it. Similarly, salvation, the greatest blessing of all, comes to us by grace as a gift, yet we still have to receive it and take hold of it for ourselves by faith. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's a gift given to us all the way through the Bible. God is looking for your response. He's looking for you to seek God and call on God. 
You have to take hold of the gift given to you and believe in Jesus. As you do, you are given the right to become a child of God. Jesus is the unique Savior. There's nothing more wonderful than taking hold of salvation through faith in him and becoming a friend of Jesus. Lord, today I want to seek you. Thank you that you've revealed yourself in Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. Help me to live a life that is full of grace and truth. I call on you for help in all the tasks I undertake and all the words that I speak. May I be full of grace and truth. Pippa adds, In Joshua 15 verse 16, it says, And Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath-Sephah. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Aksa to him in marriage. This isn't necessarily the right criteria for marriage, but people have married for odder reasons. The chapter Ready for Marriage in the Marriage Book by Nikki and Silla Lee is very helpful. But I don't think you'll find in there the requirement, Have you captured Kiriath Sephar?